do not use state management uh package. It's not worth mm. it. Don't don't use the okay. state like like people say like oh you you should use provider, uh whatever mm. like river plot river river um what's river it called river pod river pod um whatever was it like like block, getx, yeah. like those yeah. things, they're they're not really worth it. Uh. Hey, what's up, guys? Welcome back to the Flutter Pod. My name is Mitch. I'm joined with my friend David. David, how are we going this week? Hey, hey, hey! Hello, internet. Hello, guys. It's really cool. Like you know, does it feel like a week goes really fast for you? Yeah, definitely. <laughs> it's like a, like, but wow, it's a good. It's, I know it's a good thing though because like every time. You know, I don't notice a week goes so fast, and it makes me sort of like because we have this anchor of like every mm-hmm. once a week we do this thing. So like, I feel like in my other parts of my life, I've become more productive in a way because like <laughs> sometimes like a week will go by and I, I feel like I haven't done anything, so I feel like I need to like do more and like so I can talk about some things. You know what I mean? Like, um, <laughs> but um, like it's a it's a time tracker. <laughs> It is a time. Yeah, this is already episode four. This is episode index three. Started from zero. Index three episode. And you know what's funny? We never actually discussed this between you and I about the naming convention of the app, and the square Mm -hmm. bracket and a zero. It's such a computer science. Uh You like, (laughs) it's like a. I don't. I don't really know anyone who starts at F zero, but I'm like, nah, it's fitting. We have to start F (laughs) zero. Yeah, like makes total sense. (laughs) Yeah. So yeah, we're on technically. The fourth episode. Um, yeah, what's our and uh, what what are on our menus today? Yeah, so the agenda today we have a few things. We want to talk about some Flutter beginner mistakes, and also we want to talk about uh, the Firebase and also the scalability of it. This is going to be a really educational lesson for me, <laughs> and <laughs> some other cool fun things. Maybe if we have time at the end that we can touch on. So uh, all the phones are going to be released now. At the end of the mm. year, and so Samsung usually starts first, and so we kind of saw a lot of Samsung fold phones. And when I was thinking mm. about fold phones, I was like, "Oh, flat! I can definitely make." Doesn't matter what the screen size or the aspect ratio. It's like, and it's an Android phone, so I'm like, "Oh, flat! Hell yeah, we can make for, uh, for that." <laughs> um, and then, uh, if we yeah, like I said, if we have time, I just have some little questions about things like when a new feature comes out, like the iOS lock screen and see what you can do with Flutter and what you can't do. And if you're going to have to dig into native code, depending on what you're trying to get. But mm-hmm. yeah, a lot of things on the agenda. We'll see how we go. We end up talking and then an hour just goes by in a blink. So let's just start with the Flutter beginner mistakes. And I think just before I ask you, David, it's I feel like this question can be broken down into two categories of um, like programming mistakes versus like actual mm. flutter mistakes. So True. when yeah, you think of definitely. this, when you when you think of like flutter beginner mistakes, what's the first thing that comes to your mind? What do you see a lot? The first thing is definitely the meme picture that you post, like that you see on like some some Android dev or some like whatever like subreddit <laughs> stuff, like like closing parents after closing parents, like a like a triangle or like a diagonal line of closing parents. That's like if you see that you, you you like sort of like immediately know that you're looking at a Flutter code base, <laughs> just by looking at those closing parens and like closing curly brackets, um, yeah, yeah, and yeah. I feel like that's <laughs> like the first thing that sort of comes to my mind in terms of um, a Flutter be- beginner mistake because a lot of people you know they uh they bash 
um, further for that, uh, saying like, oh, you know, like what is this like the like indentation hell, you know, or mm, whatever. Yeah. Um, you you like it's a sort sort of a non-readable code base, um, and I I would agree actually, uh, because if you compare Flutter with uh, like Flutter code with HTML, mm. like HTML. It's supposed to be the code base that gets the criticism of being like, like an indentation hell, right? But Flutter sort of mm. somehow Flutter, Flutter is able to surpass HTML in that sense. <laughs> uh, but um, I feel like that's that kind of goes the same for HTML as for you know, I mean like for let's say React compared to Flutter mm. in the way that in React it's all component based, right? Like you make tons of components and the components sort of like. Put your the components are put together right, but um, th- like Flutter is kind of different than React Native in a way that Flutter is a full on framework. If it, it, it like provides so many widgets that you don't usually build as many widgets as you would for uh, React Native. React Native, or sorry, React, <laughs> React isn't even the framework. React React is just a just a library. It doesn't it, it, it like pr- pr- provides you the bare bones of the stuff you need. So you probably end up building a lot of the widgets or, you know, maybe like getting a lot of third-party ones that are also packaged as widgets. Um, so you, I I don't want to like make big like <laughs> judgment calls, but I would say that you tend to uh, extrapolate or, you know, in, you know uh, encapsulate more widgets by yourself. Uh, you do mm-hmm. that more often. But a lot of Flutter developers like to write really, really long widget build methods <laughs> like they yeah, just right. <laughs> they like uh uh you know they they would pack everything into like a huge column or roll widget <laughs> as a bunch of things yeah. and then yep, yep. they you know like in the five minutes or ten minutes you're writing that widget it makes perfect sense in your mind but after mm. that when you look back you'd be like oh you have to find like where did i do that like where is yeah. this text widget located right um, yeah, yeah. it will save you more time in the long run uh, just to, yeah. you know, extrapolate or like sort of, you know, extract those, you know, t- uh, code into separate widgets. That's definitely a beginner mistake I see for myself. <laughs> that's mm. for sure. Um, that yeah. that one that speaks that speaks to me because um I've definitely been there as well, where it's the whole like because it's like a child within a child and you end up getting like some mad nested tree, and then mm-hmm. I always say like um, with. Uh, especially if you're a beginner and you're learning to code, it's I think it's it's actually useful to do the long way for a little bit, because mm. if you go straight to the encapsulation, then you sometimes don't appreciate what you're doing. But mm. sometimes, like if you if you know the long, like you know, because I remember when I was first learning and I was doing that, I was doing the whole nested thing and I was just like homepage and just whole column everything, and then I was like, <laughs> them this this doesn't seem right. It seems like there must be a better way. And it's like, oh, they yeah, I can encapsulate this code and object-oriented programming and I started to like put all that theory to use and then now when I when I'm coding it's like I, I can feel like because um, you want to make all the code nice and clean and readable and also those situations where um, if you're going to have a widget that you reuse a lot um, mm-hmm. you should just put that in a separate file or put it in a separate widget as opposed to just continually like you know textile every time textile every time like um, <laughs> and even like those constant files if you have like things that you know for sure like um the kind of theme of your app i guess you can always put that in a constant file and stuff um Mm -hmm. but 
I think it's if you're if you're you know if you're listening and you're a beginner, it's something that you should think about. Um, maybe if you've done addition enough, let's move up to like multiplication level. You know what I mean? Like you can start <laughs> um, making your code much more uh, nice and organized. Mm. Um, but yeah, you yeah, were saying something sure. about the something about the dot formatter as well. Oh Is that yeah. Related to this. Um, yeah, definitely. Uh, another thing I, I feel like um, that I would recommend people to sort of take advantage of is that uh, like know your toolings but like uh, mm. be take you know take advantage of the toolings that are provided to you like Flutter is this like framework sort of thing that combines a bunch of toolings together that, that you know so that you can make apps and um, there's so many toolings provided by Flutter like notably the Flutter framework itself like it has a bunch of like pre-built widgets that you can use and also mm. You know, Flutter has great extensions for different um, editors or IDEs, and those extensions you want to like make use of them. Like, don't don't be like running a running Flutter on a separate terminal. Like, don't do that. Um, like, there mm. is the Flutter run command, but but don't just don't just don't do that. Just use mm. the, use your editor and use like those um, those hot reload, hot restart. Like like un like try to understand what's what's going on with with those things, yeah. and don't try to just be like, oh, it works. I don't want to bother. Um, you know, trying out, trying out things, and uh, Flutter is kind of the, the the programming language or, or the framework that it you ha you have to know a lot of things to be really really proficient. Um, wh whereas like uh, web development is sort of like there's only like the basic things you only have to know those and and you're you're good to go. But you know it might it might take like uh, years to be like really really good. Whereas Flutter. Um, there's this like s initial curve that uh, it takes for you to be like proficient, and after that, like after that, I, I would say like rather short curve of learning, you would just be very proficient, and um, a lot of that goes into like uh, you know utilizing those toolings. Like I mentioned, um, you know uh, the framework. Like th there's like a lot more pre-built plugin, uh, pre-built um, widgets than you than you think. You don't have to really build any. Uh, yeah. most of the things you're probably thinking of building, there's probably like already an existing wheel built for you. Mm. Um, yeah. And also like editor toolings. Um, there's there's a tooling for probably any editor you use. I don't use VS Code. Uh, I know that there's great tooling for US Code, VS Code, but there's also, also like um, great tooling for the editor I use that's uh, NeoVim. Um, mm. Because Dart, there's a language server um, protocol implemented in uh, for Flutter. And also, I would say um, the Flutter command line utility is um, works really well. Like for example, I remember uh, I I used to like to I I wanted to like change or I wanted to like set the 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 my my bundle you know like the bundle ID for my app like my you know like company name yeah. sort of like you, you like com dot example dot dot app. I didn't mm -hmm. know like oh you could just pass in like a dash dash org, <laughs> like flag into your Flutter create and that that is like, creates everything. Oh for you. yes 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 yes. Yeah and, and yeah. like sort of things like that. There's like a lot of things like that that are really cool. Yeah. <laughs> and like for example, also, um, the Flutter Dev tools are really nice. It's it's helpful for you to like identify like where the app is struggling to render. Mm. Um, it goes goes in pretty detail. But yeah, that's the second tip, I have. Just to utilize the toolings. <laughs> I have I have so many questions about that. Um, so I was telling David as well. I've 
I still consider myself a student of this game and I have so many things to learn about, you know, Flutter and how to code well. And you were saying about the tooling, um, not to use Flutter Run. Can you expand on mm -hmm. that? Because I actually use, I, on the command, on the um, VS Code terminal, I hit uh, Flutter oh, Run and then I just had R or Shift R to hot reload and stuff. Like, so oh, I see. You, yeah, can you school me on that? Oh, no. <laughs> I mean, because uh, if you use VS Code, um, there, I, I think it would just like save the hot reload, right? Because otherwise you don't have to like always go, um, because you can just pr like command S to save or control S to save and they'll hot yeah. reload, right? And there's definitely like a key binding to hot restart. And if you like mm. run further run on like a terminal, you have to go to that terminal, yeah. press R or shift R mm. and then yeah. go back. Um, that's like yeah. a lot of m touching the mouse and stuff. Right, but, like, right. And also, yeah, VS Code yeah, has, okay. like, this really great, um, like, this really great uh, breakpoint thing. Or not breakpoint. Or mm. or it can, it could do breakpoint. But if when when your app, um, when it when it throws an exception, you don't have to look at your app. Like, you don't have to look at your terminal. Like, VS Code will just, like, highlight exactly where it, you know, it, it sort of, I, I, I guess, um, it, where it failed. It will right. just follow that stack trace. It will parse that, like, and then and then it will like sort of show you just like how you would you know, how how like a C C plus plus IDE would show you like where exactly it, it failed right. it or it crashed. Um, though Flutter apps don't really crash; they kind of just store exceptions. But you know, yeah. the IDE will show you. I need I yeah. need to use that like cause that's I'm 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 so stupid. I'm like a noob. Like in the like VS Code and on the terminal below. Um, I told you I was doing the flutter run and exactly what you said if I have like an exception or an error I'm looking at that terminal and like looking at the oh yeah the no don't worry I, I've <laughs> I feel like flutter team isn't really good at like communicating that um, to the outside world because it, it's really a personal choice of whether to use a terminal or to use like a plugin right or to use like the editor plugin it's like a personal choice um, I, I'm not I'm not saying like one way is the the, the right way to do it <laughs> oh, I, I, I guess I, I do sound like I'm saying that. <laughs> Sorry about that if I if I sound like that way. But I'm saying like, um, I I feel like for most people, um, if you were to use the the editor plugin, it's gonna it's probably gonna work better for you. Um, but yeah, I need to. Uh, do that. You can totally like, use like the terminal if you like build some like custom bindings to your to your text. Let's say like you you are like. Um, you you wrote a script that uh you're working on a really big app. You wanna you don't want to have like every save to cause a hot, hot reload, and you you mm -hmm. might might have like wrote some like custom rule on like whichever like whichever file will trigger hot reload, and you have like a you have like um uh like a script that connects to the the daemon process that for the run is running, and then <laughs> you might have some like custom logic. I don't know, like whatever works for you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, well, I mean, I, I'm I'm here to learn because I, it's not that I preferred one or the other. It was just like once I figured out how to make something work, and then my mind just goes to the actual like creativity part of what I want to make, and like I stopped mm -hmm. focusing on my tooling. But I wanna, I'm, I feel mm -hmm. like I'm at the point where I should come back and like um, optimize my, my environment, you know what I mean? Like, um, so now this is, I want to, I want to hear this from you. Like, yeah, like I, I need to know this stuff. Like, so you're talking, you're talking about the, um, like one of the plugins, instead of just looking at the terminal for the error, it'll tell you in which line in your code and it'll just highlight 
this is the error. Like that's I need yeah. that. <laughs> okay. Yeah, that's pretty okay. helpful. Thank you for yeah. that. <laughs> no problem, man. <laughs> I have a lot to learn from you as well. Uh, I'm just like I guess like putting out my uh, the the stuff that I wish I knew. <laughs> uh yeah. s- going into flutter um uh, the third thing i wish i knew is that don't yes. use set state a lot don't use set state all right okay state management. Uh, a lot <laughs> <laughs> don't don't use set state a lot um like use um use stream builder don't use set state mm, um yeah and um that kind of ties in this, it's like part of the same tip do not use a state management state management uh package it's not worth mm. it. Don't don't use this okay. state. Like like people say like oh use you should use provider, uh whatever mm. like river plot river river um what's river it called pod. river pod river pod um whatever was it? like like block, get yeah. x, like those yeah. things, they're they're not really worth it, um, because you definitely benefit more. Like you a hundred percent benefit more by writing your your. St- like your own solution that works for you. Mm-hmm. By the way, that is like really easy, like probably like less than a hundred lines of code. And you like have full control over that. And you understand mm. what's going on. You understand when the things are like, when things are are expensive, when things are not. And you end up writing better code. You, you end up writing code that you understand. And then mm. you, you, you know, like you have, you know, you have control. Like whenever you have stuff that you don't have control over, that's like a, that's like a bad sign. You want to have less amount of you know, you know fewer stuff th- fewer things that you don't have control over, <laughs> and by the way I like s- oh. mm. no no sorry keep going keep going oh sorry I w- <laughs> sorry I was just say uh, like um, all those state management packages they are essentially the same in the way that they just provide you a way to trigger re-renders right they they're essentially the same um, they they you can like store data in there but like essentially what you want. Is that you want to like tr- trigger re-renders when, when, whenever you want to, um, mm. and set state is to like what Flutter used to do that right, and um, or at least that's the official way. Uh, but also, um, so people say that oh, like you should have like you sh- you should separate your UI with your business logic, right? And that's what you definitely should do. Um, what what you definitely should not do is that you you install a package just to do that. Like you don't mm. you don't have to install a package to do that. It's like really mm. simple. You just you just have to make a like all you need to do is to declare you know like a like a like a stream builder or like a like have something that emits events and then have a stream builder yeah. that listens to that. That's all you need to do, and then you can like have your own you know class data. Like for example, let me let me give you a super super um, simple example. Yeah, um, please. You can have like uh, just following this example, you can get rid of any state management package. Uh, mm. the first class you need is a notifier class and that class mm. is uh, this like any instance of that class is a notifier in a way that um, it has a method called dot notify and that thing will emit an event and in there there's a there's a stream you know that that like a, a, a like a broadcast stream that any widget can um, just subscribe to that um, and that thing doesn't carry any object the second type of class you need is an observable and that observable is like a notifier except that it has a, it has some piece of data in there and that piece of data is is nullable it could be null and the third type of of class is an observable but not nullable <laughs> that's pretty much all the three types of classes um that that you need the reason why uh, i separated the two 
um, it's because I I feel like that would give you a little bit more um, like um, sort of like clear like sense of like control in a way that you know like what things are knowable what things are not but you can totally combine those two um but what what's what's important is that you, you want to utilize the, the 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 type template when creating those classes so like you know the the less than or equal or less than greater uh than sign like t or like you know that mm. in the the observable can carry any type of data you, mm. you can like declare that to to carry any type so with that two or three classes you're done. You don't need anything else, right? You just have to, like, if you want to, like, go overboard, you can uh, write another widget that that's called um, called notify notifier listener or notifier builder, mm-hmm. and that thing takes a notifier and it's under the hood is just a um, stream builder, and there 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 you go. You don't have to write. You don't have to install any pa- or package that's state yeah. management related, right? Uh, but yeah. I'm I'm learning so much and I'm so happy you said that because I actually haven't heard anyone say not to use any of those packages because like when I just got scroll around about this whole state management thing um, on Reddit and I'll just read the whole Reddit post and stuff like that and so I heard a lot of people I read a lot of people saying to to like the opposite of what you're saying which is like mm-hmm. um, to not just invent one yourself. And if you're going to do that, <laughs> like you'll, pro- you'll probably be making one yourself. And if you're going to do that, you should just use the packages. But in general, mm-hmm. I'm, I like your school of thought because when I do my code and stuff, like I actually, if I don't, if I don't have to, I don't like bringing in new packages into my, into my code because mm-hmm. it will just be too dependent. Mm-hmm. But obviously there's situations where it's you know useful to do that. And so like, mm-hmm. I like to, uh, make things from scratch you know if i if it's if it's pretty easy to do so i just you know make it myself kind of thing um Mm -hmm. and try not to depend so much on a package and so with the state management thing i've this has been on my mind actually like um just that whole topic because when i was reading on the reddit post it's like oh you don't don't make it yourself just you'll end up making it yourself if you think if you know you're gonna do Mm -hmm. your own way and you should just use the um other packages and you're saying it the other way but i like what you're saying (laughs) I mean, yeah, can you just I mean, ex- like if, can you just expand that whole dichotomy of it too? Oh yeah, like if you, if, uh, I would say like if, um, like by saying don't like install any package or any uh, state management package. I'm not saying don't stay state management. I'm just saying yeah, don't exactly, install yeah. any package, right? And also like yeah, like if don't you use to, the provider getx those type of things. Mm-hmm. And like also like if you want like a camera plugin, don't make your own p- camera plugin. Like right, there yeah, there are yeah, ones yeah. out there because that's like super hard and stuff. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Not super yeah. hard per se, but that that takes like way more effort than making a state management thing. But like yeah. just making a state management package, or like not ma- not making a package, just like making a solution for yourself to use, is so mm. easy. Then mm. it'll probably take like less time to read their documentation compared to if you were <laughs> to just write, write your own. Because I was actually reading like a code base right. using Riverpod, and some of the yeah. the practices kind of shocked me in a way that they. They copy arrays all the time. That's kind of crazy. They they like create new <laughs> states right. and stuff. That, and then and then I thought, well, wow, that's super inefficient. Like you don't totally have to do that. That's kind of the. Mm. I'm not sure if you're familiar with React in the way that like in the Re- React code base no, when you I'm do not. set state, like you like when you do set state and your state ha- is is an object, and what you have to do is that you have to decompose that object and then create a new object just so that the React uh, library knows that you, that the the thing is changing mm. 
I feel like that's sort of like a really hacky and bad way, uh, and also that applies for arrays as well. Like when you want to uh, reset the state to be a new array, if you want to trigger a rebuild or re-render, you have to create a new array. <laughs> just so, just to, it, it's just really mm. uh, unnecessary. Yeah. I feel like, okay. but further, like in further, the the team like the further uh, framework gives you control over that in a way that you just have this um, stream builder widget that can listens to that can listen to streams and you can just go off like do whatever with it right and it will just mm. solve like any any need for you um and uh by the way most of the state management packages are kind of the same under the hood they all use like mm. inherited widgets or something like that uh right, which okay. is you know you could have also used that <laughs> but i just personally mm. recommend you just to use streams that's like the good the I would say the best way to go about this. I like that. Yeah. I like that. <laughs> yeah. So you're gonna you're gonna uh, take me under your wing. I'm gonna like learn your. I'm gonna learn your way. It's it's it sounds better. <laughs> yeah. um, uh, I mean I mean some of the things are you know definitely opinionated. People are like some people yeah. like to use containers all over places. Some people like to use like different widgets like padding, you know margin and right, those widgets yeah, separately. Yeah yeah. Um, I'm one of those um, people I think who use containers all over the place. <laughs> right. You know, nowadays it's like when you use a container and you don't specify any decoration, it like has a blue squiggle. It's like just use a size box instead. Like you know how they always oh, yeah. <laughs> the, the code always tells you to do that. I think you raised a really good point about the whole packages uh, situation because you were saying about specifically about state management instead of using those packages, it's probably easier and you'll have more control just making your own. Um, mm-hmm. And but you were also saying about the camera plugin. If there's situations where you want to use the camera uh, package, then there obviously it's easier to just use a pre-existing one instead of you having to from scratch build everything so it's mm-hmm. it's it's a good point i think you're making you know like know when to you know use a package and not, and not to mm-hmm. yeah um so yeah yeah did you have it did you have anything else in the flutter beginner mistakes before we go to firebase um i, I feel like the 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 last thing is it it isn't really uh, a tip per se but sort of like just personal experience that yeah. I feel like uh, what end up happening like with all code bases is that the code becomes sort of messy because mm. if you don't take a quality first approach what ends up happening is that probably like you're, you write some code be like you're, you just be like okay I'll, I'll just write this and then I, like, ju- I just want to make this work and I'll, I'll make it pretty later um, mm. but um but my take is that I, I realize that like it's actually more important just to sort of slow down and look at mm. what you write. And I often just yeah. sort of like slow down and I realize that, oh my gosh, this is right. absolutely horrible. <laughs> and then like take a moment, <laughs> just sort of like slow down a little bit, uh, like mm. look at the code to see like, like uh, what things you can maybe refactor. There, there's like a joke saying like, oh, the more the more code re- you refactor, the senior, the more senior you become. Uh, like it's more senior right, engineer. Yeah. <laughs> but that's actually yeah, kind of yeah. true. <laughs> like you, right, you want to yeah. refactor. Makes sense. Code, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, I was going to say, um, do you, before you do a big project and you want to make some app, do you go straight to the code or do you go pen and paper and you write something down? Like you kind of sketch it out a bit. Mm, I, I would first... And like I'm like, asking you. Oh yeah, 
Oh yeah. Um, I I would first like uh, I guess like specifically, I would first ha- like have this idea, hmm. and then um like ha- have like wireframes, and then yeah. um sort of have like the very high level like business uh, level like um products yeah. you know like storyboards, and then have like more detailed wireframes, and then um pick colors. That's like a very super important step. Like have colors. That's uh, like yeah. probably like thirty percent <laughs> of the, mm. the, the the effort, um, and then try to user test that you know that module that that model, and then make sure it works, and then start you know implementing. But it, but then um, I don't really write down things on paper, I guess. Yeah, yeah, no, no, yeah. That's that's what I wanted to know. Just like that high level at the beginning, just to make something a little concrete uh, in your mind. Mm. Um, also, I was gonna get you to talk about um, just as a general programming software engineering tip. But what do you think about the whole Googling situation? Like, um, it's like an mm. actual skill, right? To Google and figure it out yourself. The Stack Overflow, and it's almost a skill to know what to Google as well. And uh, yeah, what do you think about that whole whole shebang? Yeah, I had a story about this. Uh, I had a friend. Uh, who has a computer, like everybody has a computer, sorry. But uh, <laughs> well, her computer broke. <laughs> and then she says that she took it to Best Buy, right? And because there's like a, Best Buy has a program that where there's like an expert that will fix it for you. And then she has a problem with her uh, hard disk. And she took it, she, she took the computer there. And that person, oh, okay, by the way, you have to pay like 80 bucks for that service. Um, mm. And that person just like, she just, she just, uh, she says she was like kind of just kind of shocked and embarrassed because that person just Googled the problem in front of her <laughs> and then just <laughs> did what, <laughs> exactly what Google said and it fixed it. And then the person was nice enough that sh- they didn't charge her. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> she says like, wow, I, I didn't know why I couldn't just do that myself. And I feel like <laughs> like programmers sort of are just like professional Googlers. Like perf- programmers are one of the only professions that you can, like imagine, imagine if you go to like a doctor appointment and the doctor starts like googling, you will leave immediately. Right? <laughs> like you like for for programmers like googling is sort of accepted, but yeah, for many professions they're not, and for many professions mm. they 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 take pride in knowing stuff out of their head. Mm. Yeah, uh, I think yeah, it's uh, I think the case with software engineering and computers and technology is that the, the landscape evolves so quickly that mm-hmm. you, you need that internet, you need that Google search because things like a doctor uh, or medical mm-hmm. science or something, you start, there's not much, you know, like innovation when it comes to like our biology. It's always like, yeah. it's just our <laughs> biology. So you just learn your biology and stuff. Yeah, um, exactly. What you were saying about, what you were saying about the Best Buy story, I have the exact same story about <laughs> um, like one of my when I was younger and I was working at I don't know if you know Vodafone. Do you know what Vodafone mm. is? If I say Vodafone, it's basically no. like a te- it's a telecommunication company. So it's like Verizon, um, okay, Verizon or like T-Mobile or something, but in Australia. And so I used to work there in, in like in the retail shop selling contracts and phones and stuff. And mm. I would have a lot of people, um, especially like older folks, that come in because their phone is broken. And mm. what's funny is when you work at a telecommunication company like that, I'm not actually trained to fix t- 
technical issues. I'm there to sell contracts. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> and so when people, but then people just look at, you know, it's like, a, oh, there's phones in there. I'm just going to go ask for my phone problem. And mm-hmm. I'm just actually sitting there just Googling in front of them as well. <laughs> because I don't <laughs> like, you know, and I'm not charging them or anything. And I just want to help them. Right. Because they're just mm-hmm. random people in, the, in, you know, that just walk in. Um, but yeah, I had the exact same situation. There'll be some like middle-aged person, you know, or a young, young person. They just come in. And I'm just doing what you what you would do if you were at home, and I'm just googling it. It's not like I had any special <laughs> training in <laughs> like hmm. solving the solving the phones. Um, but I think that is a. I don't even know if it's like like a personality or what, but it, there's something about hmm. a type of person that says, "Okay, I'm just gonna figure it out." Um, hmm. Something about not trying to rely on someone else to tell me all the answers because a lot of the times they don't have all the answers. Um, I even was doing this yesterday when I was, I was like publishing um, like my habit tracker to like the Play Store and the, and the App Store as well. And then oh, that's in, the actual, in the actual Flutter doc, they have the instructions and stuff. But then in the middle, I'll get kind of stuck for some reason. And then I'll go to Google and like, what's this mm-hmm. error? Like, what's this problem? And, you know, work your way through it. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? <laughs> um, yeah, I think, it's, I think it's a part of the job. Like, it's just an inherent requirement if you want to, yeah. you know, make software. <laughs> I agree. I agree. By the way, you gotta tell me about your uh, habit tracker app, but uh, yes, but I definitely agree uh, yeah, with you. <laughs> yeah, like um, I like your point of how um, you know the human biology doesn't change, but like programming in the programming space, things tr- change so quickly. There's so many things like there's no way for you to know everything, and you know for yeah. for law school people, they already they can know everything, or I guess they can know a lot of things, but for pro- you, you don't just see like for biology, you don't see like like you don't have these conversation like oh by the way did you hear like uh there's a new pull request landed on like on <laughs> humans uh there's like a third hand that we we now have like like human 13.5 will have a third hand now but like you don't see that right <laughs> but for programmers we get like uh, new things like all the time um but yeah just the the <laughs> last thing and then we'll go move on to firebase but just the last thing on the point i saw this uh funny uh, post on Reddit and it was one of the comments and it's literally about googling your solution and mm-hmm. I captured the screenshot and I'll put it on the screen for people to see but um, it's so relatable I didn't even know how this is what I was doing but someone wrote the step by step basically algorithm of when you search a problem <laughs> so, that is so, and that is so this, cool. is, this is what this is what ends up happening and just to okay. let me know if you if you do this but um, uh-huh. the first step is you google the question Okay. The next one is click first Stack Overflow link. <laughs> and, then, and then this is, I always do this. Ignore the question and immediately scroll to the top answer. Is, <laughs> I do that too. <laughs> is, the, is the top answer an extremely simple and easy to digest code example that, it does, that does exactly what you're looking for? If yes, then done. If no, scroll to next answer and repeat. <laughs> and, then if, if, and then we've got if all answers have been exhausted, scroll back up to the question and skim just enough to see if it's actually relevant to your issue. <laughs> then, do that last. <laughs> if, if so, repeat process but with more reading. If not, go back to Google page to try next Stack Overflow link. If mm. maybe, back to Google and leave the tab open just in case and so on, so on, so on. <laughs> like it just keeps... Wow. <laughs> yeah. And then, oh, this is the last one. Uh, if no, if you get to no solution or if no roads lead to anywhere, then it's one of three things. Your question is too broad, so break it into smaller, simple pieces. 
Um, number two, you're a pioneer on the cutting edge of some genius new way of doing things. That's why there's no solution. And then the last is your approach <laughs> is your approach is wrong. So rethink it. Mm. Um, yeah, I, I realized that's what I've been doing the whole time. <laughs> initially, I thought the person was joking, but that's actually like no. I, I never thought of like you go go ahead and like write how you Google. Because I feel like yeah. that's like using your toilet, right? Like if, if you came over to my, my place and you wanted to use the bathroom, you want to use the toilet. And you'd be yeah. like, how do I use the toilet? And I, I, I won't give you a documentation on how to use the toilet, right? Yeah, exactly, like you don't need yeah. help. Like somebody are, or have already like went out and made the toilet for you. That's already a tool existed, yeah. right? And that all you have to do is just sit there and shit. That's all you have to do, right? And then for yeah, Flutter, yeah, that's yeah. kind of the same. Somebody, like, people <laughs> have already went out and made Flutter for you. All mm, you need mm. to do is to use it, right? Yeah. <laughs> and then yeah. uh, it's not like some super, super, um, <laughs> like, it's not like rocket science, right? Like, <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah. it's not hard enough that only expertise can do. Like, anybody could do that as long and as they the, want the, to. <laughs> the first comment, uh, the first comment on that is, Delete this so my boss doesn't understand what he pays me for. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, so yeah, you know, you're always going to run into issues. You know, if you're coding and you're like trying to create something, you're always going to run into problems and you should be okay with that. You know, you should be mm, yeah. okay to Google it and figure it out. Um, if you don't have that with you, you're going to have a long, painful road like, ahead yeah. of you. Maybe you should just look for a different career. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. if, that's, if, if you don't like, you know, dealing with problems, but... Um, I think that's good for our Flutter beginner mistakes. And let's yeah. talk about Firebase. Now, again, this is another area where I'm going to learn a lot, which is um, just backend in general. So for me, I was when I was trying to learn uh, coding and Flutter, I needed to learn all the widgets. So I went to a kind of long, deep rabbit hole of making games with Flutter, like Pac-Man and Snakes and these type of games. And then that's once like I got the comfortable with approach. Sorry. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> no, that's like the rarest approach like I've ever seen the Linfly, which is really cool. I don't even know why. Like it was cuz um <laughs> and I was talking to you and I don't know if it was because of Bill Gates cuz he said about tic-tac-toe, but I just literally was like okay, let me just make tic-tac-toe. Surely containers works. I should be able to make tic-tac-toe. And mm-hmm. then that's when I learned about the whole set state and all just everything. And mm-hmm. then I was like, you know what? This is just grids and all of our um all of our games that we used to play when it was like arcade from the very beginning, like Pong, it's all just all pixels. <laughs> and mm-hmm. so I was like, okay, I could use a grid view builder and I could make all these games. And that's when I really learned Flutter, I would say, through those games. But my original goal wasn't to make games. It was actually to make, you know, like an app with users and backend and passwords and all this stuff. And so um, after making a bunch of games, I started to make a lot of, front end design like what the app looks like and you know make it look nice and stuff and so I'm, I'm i would say i'm pretty good at that now and now i'm up to the point where i need to get really good at learning some back end and so as a flooded developer the the kind of obvious sort of back end solution that always comes up is to use firebase and so i've made some basic login apps and um, things like that with with firebase and then there's always that question about that I read on Reddit, which is the scalability of Flutter. You know, once you get a lot of users, is it going to be really costly? And then you have to migrate to a different solution. So this is perfect for me to learn from you, David. And I'm sure a lot of people can learn as well. Um, can you just 
you can tackle this any way you want, but just about Firebase and backend, and kind of what's the what's a good scalable solution versus you know at the early stage as well. Yeah, just eat away. Mm-hmm. What do you reckon? Well, let me let me start with a question I have for you. Is that what, what do you think yeah. about Firebase? Like, what what kind of is, like how's the experience? Like, is it good or is it bad or do you like it? You feel like well, I haven't I haven't had an app that had so many users. So it was just me making a login app and then me testing it, and I can. Um, you know, create users and things like that. And honestly, I think it was pretty easy to use. So mm, cool. So you have, like you think you have like a great developer experience. I I, I think well, I don't ha- honestly, I don't have anything to compare it to. So I can't really say, you know, like Amplify is you know much better than mm. Fire because I never used it before. I've only used Firebase. So yeah, I don't I don't really have an opinion. But I think it's been I think it's been not too bad actually. When I was before, I made all of that games and front end stuff i actually wanted to go to firebase directly because like i said that was my original goal was i didn't want to make games and stuff i just wanted to make an app like you know social media type app and even even back then like many years ago you know firebase was the solution and at that time i didn't have a good experience and i don't know if it was because of firebase or it's because i was very uneducated you know what i mean and that's why i went through the whole rabbit hole of like okay let me just learn the widgets and the whole front end and then you know i feel like i've got that down and so that's why i'm at five uh back end now so mm. and then after after learning some basic coding concepts and all and the widgets and stuff i, I didn't find implementing firebase to be too difficult mm-hmm. uh but yeah what do you think that's great um yeah personally uh i i wouldn't like i wouldn't want to be there and be like saying like oh this is the best backend solution you should go for right everybody has like mm. their own favorite stack uh right. but like if i were to like give a quick tour into this is yeah. your quick tour into backend programming or backend development yeah. um this will be your quick tour so uh a lot of it's interestingly um i feel like a lot of firebase people just came from uh, from flutter because apparently yeah. they just go well together <laughs> uh i don't know why but a lot of flutter you know flutter devs just go for firebase straight away and just see that um, I don't know if like that's like a, I don't know like on like advertisement on Google side or whatever, but you know they have nothing to do with each other. <laughs> mm. they, like Flutterbase has Flutterbase has nothing to do with Flutter. Flutterbase is just a backend solution. Um, right. And uh, but it, you know Flutter or Firebase ha- happens to have um, plugins for Flutter, and that's that's great. Um, but. Firebase is actually a really, really, really weird backend solution. It's like rather new. It's actually very, very new. Um, okay. So traditionally, how backend works is that there's a central or many central servers or um, whatever. Like I'm gonna say the traditional way is that there's one server, <laughs> one computer sits somewhere, yeah. uh, maybe in your house, maybe in your garage, wherever. Like maybe hosted uh, by AWS, and that thing runs a program that you wrote. And that program responds to network um, requests and, you know, send data back. And that mm. that's all it does. And right. it could um, it could store maybe some data it needs to store somewhere. Like it could be in a database, uh, traditionally a relational database, um, maybe uh, sort of like, I don't know, wherever, like whatever database you, you might think of. Um, can you even save that in like its memory, wherever? Just don't turn your computer off. <laughs> uh, but <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, but that's the traditional way, and and then people thought, oh, that's not really scalable. Like, what if my house burned down, or what if um, what if whatever? 
<laughs> uh, so people thought, okay, I need to have like I need to not put my like all my ba- uh, all my eggs in the same basket. Also, I need like to have like a beefy server, and I I can't really have like the beefiness to be you know scaled infinitely. So I have mm. to sort of like spread the scale, or uh, sorry, mm. um, spread the load. Um, so mm. people started to have like multiple servers and have a load balancer mm. in front of it, and then sort of started like load balance all the servers, and then that that was great for a while. And then people weren't really satisfied, so then th- they thought, okay, uh, essentially what a server is is I just have a bunch of functions, right? Each endpoint has like, you know, some sort of purpose. It answers a specific type of call. What if we just isolate that single function, and we just make a bunch of functions to be available for our applications, our frontends to be to, to call? So that's where mm. the microservices uh, architecture came from, where um, mm. every single function or a set of functions, maybe, um, are just, it's just put on a Docker container, or put in a Docker container. And that thing can be hosted, you know, by by a Docker swarm, Kubernetes uh, uh, clusters, whatever you can think of. Um, But the idea is that the individual functions can be scaled infinitely. And because the inherent, like, fact in your app, or the, the, what usually happens is that some some of the functionalities in your backend is used frequently, like maybe like a post view or like maybe like liking a post. That's a functionality that's used often. But like changing your username is not really like, you know, used often. So what if we just have like changing our username function to be put on a separate thing and that thing is maybe like less active, like it's less beefy, it's just a little machine. Um, and what mm-hmm. if we have like thousands of like, machines ready to handle um, the, the liking your post mm. action. So that's the microservices yeah. thing. And that, that thing kind of depends on the entire Docker container, containerization technology. Uh, but Flutter is a new, pr- new dude came in town, maybe a new girl, whatever. Uh, <laughs> personalized. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> Firebase, <laughs> we're like, I don't know. I, I just always imagine Firebase to be a dude. I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but like, uh, but Firebase challenges the traditional backend way of thinking. Mm. Like all the approaches I I mentioned, whether load balancer or single server or microservices, they have, they all have like, accesses to the to the backend or to, sorry, the backend all have access to the da- to the database, and the users mm. the the end you know the end clients do mm. not have. Um, any access to the database because that's dangerous right the database is where the money is stored <laughs> it's where the sensitive mm, information yeah. is where where everything is stored only trusted sources should be able to grant uh, should be able to you know access the database only the trusted sources um firebase thinks it's differently firebase thinks that okay what if anybody could access the database but only parts of the database like what if we have like some rules set in place so that any client, like even though any client can access the database, they can only access um, the part of the database that's that's that was supposed to be granted to them, you know. So uh, that's what Firebase security rules, you know, came in mm. place, and that thing works. I would say, like, I'm not saying that thing doesn't work. I'm saying that that thing is new. Like, that's like a completely new way of thinking the backend, and. Whether that's right or whether that's wrong, it's just pure opinions. Uh, but that's why I, I feel like Firebase is a very, it's a very weird approach 
because it's you mm. know it's definitely different than um, traditional you know ways of thinking. But nowadays, a lot of fire you know flutter based or, or sorry <laughs> flutter based a lot of flutter developers <laughs> jump in, right? And they see like Firebase like oh. Yeah, that that looks normal. Like they they think that as the normal way of doing backend, but that's definitely not the normal way of, of doing backend, right? Um, right. Okay, so that's like a quick tour of uh, backend technologies. Uh, there's definitely more like like there's <laughs> there's GraphQL. That's like a different world, um, but I don't, I don't think mm. that's really you know that uh, that common to be used among companies. Um, but uh, I would say that Firebase. Um, might not always work for your app um, because okay let, let me let me be more specific now so I'll, I've been saying yeah. Firebase a lot Firebase 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 but Firebase isn't really uh, a solution in itself Firebase is like a suite of tools um, what yeah. I was more of more talking um, is the, the database section of Firebase so Firebase Firestore or Firebase real-time database those are the two databases Firebase offer Firebase offers um, the real-time database thing is like just a huge JSON object. Um, that thing is kind of, I think is actually just a huge JSON object. Um, the querying abilities are kind of limited. The advantage is that, uh, the advantage is that um, uh, like it's really real time. It's like really fast. The, the latency is like below 200 milliseconds. Um, Firebase Firestore on the other hand, is more like a MongoDB. It's more like um, collection based, collection and documents. <clears throat> There's some limitation on documents, but a collection could be huge, and they have like clever algorithms so that like uh, read times are very optimized. So uh, you would often duplicate your data just to optimize read, um, and that's where it goes to the differences between uh, SQL databases and no SQL databases. That's another huge topic. Uh, but since this is only about Firebase, I'll just touch on that quickly. Is that SQL databases? In SQL databases, your data is categorized into rows, uh, into you know rows of things like columns or rows, like like a mm. table, <laughs> like mm. an Excel sheet. Uh, but yeah. no SQL databases are um, are are not like that. <laughs> no SQL databases are object based. So you have like a bunch of things in your database, and the mm. the things in your database could come in various forms and there is no like strict or there is no um, limitation on what the forms could be really the forms could be anything it, they, they don't have to look like each other you obviously kind of mm. want to make them look like each other so that's you know easier to write code to deal with that but if you know one object is missing like a field that's totally okay um, but but yeah that's the differences between SQL and NoSQL um, people have different preferences but uh, the way of doing things is definitely different. In the SQL land, um, the, the rows and column land, uh, what you want to do is that you usually make a query that grabs a lot of data from different tables and then sort of put them together and joins a lot of data together and you get this big query result back. Your query might have a lot of inner and outer join, whatever, make your big, you know, m like grab whatever things you want. And what you, you would, uh, what people call denormalize your data that you, you spread your data into different different roles, or sorry, different tables, and each of them contains like a piece of your data, so that when you're grabbing data, you can grab from those different tables. Uh, in the NoSQL land, so like in what Firebase Firestore does, is that you might want to just duplicate your data so that when you want to grab stuff, just grab that one object, or grab that one thing, and that thing has all the things you need. Like, 
it's all it's almost like making your database look like what your app UI is. And whether it's good or bad, I don't want to make any judgment calls. <laughs> uh, but I would say though, I, I will say though, uh, what end up happening is that those NoSQL databases, so Firebase Firestore, get um, they they get more difficult to manage as you go in because any okay. just any app, any bigger app has a very I would say um, complex relations between different objects, and usually you want to query, you want to like, you want to you want to sort of make use of those relations. Just to think about this, I, I would like uh, I like to make the t the Twitter example that I imagine you're you're making Twitter like a simplified version of Twitter where there are users, there there are tweets, and users can follow each other, right? Mm. And now you have a feed, and this is where things get interesting. Like imagine you're making the Twitter app on in Flutter, right? And you have a feed. Uh, so obviously what should be in the feed are are tweets that are posted by the people who you followed right that's a relation right what i what i just said is a relation you want to grab all the tweet objects that are linked to the user objects that are that are you know ha that happen to be linked to you in in a directional way <laughs> so how 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 you're supposed to do that in firebase right it it gets really complicated because now you have to think of oh okay, um I want to optimize my read, so I want to just do a one call like maybe it could be just in my ob object I could just grab this one object or maybe one collection of objects that happen to have all the posts that I'm looking for. Hmm. So you think about it. Yeah, you, you have to you have to like you have to think about how you engineer your data compared to SQL databases. It's 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 kind of dumb, you know, stupidly simple, super simple in the way that you just have a table of users, a table of posts, and a table of relations, and you mm. just run a super simple query. You get all of them. It might not be mm. as fast, but it is definitely simple. Like it's like mm. there's it's no brain. Th this is a th probably the easiest SQL query you can do. Um. Uh. But yeah. <laughs> Uh, so going that back was, to Firebase, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think I, I I I hope I I am not going ev everywhere. Uh, no, that was, this is this is really this is really useful. Keep going. <laughs> I think I really appreciate that. Uh, but going back to the uh, the Firebase scalability problem, um, like yeah. how scalable is Firebase? I would say though that uh, do not really worry about scalability, because pre mature optimization is the root to all evil like i'm pretty sure like mm. um you might have like heard of that quote um good point <laughs> in a way that like scale scalability like if you actually have to face that problem if like a lot of users are are using your app like all of a sudden that's a good that's a good problem to to, to have for you to have to worry right that's a good problem um and what mm, you want to yeah. do what you want them wanting to do is that you want to have like you want to have that problem, and you're gonna yeah. face that problem either way. Um, mm. So I feel like what Flutter is really stands for is how you know how quickly you can get things off the ground, like how quickly you can make MVPs, and that's kind of mm. what Firebase is also standing for. Mm. Like it's just very fast for you to prototype, 
Hmm. That's a good point. That's yeah, that's, um, that's that's I'm I'm so I'm so happy the way you like summarized it as well at the end. Like just given the pros <laughs> of cons of different approaches, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, uh, I I especially like what you said at the end as well, like to not worry too much about like premature optimization, you know. Mm. Yeah, uh, that being said though, I do want to like warn people of like pros and yeah. cons. <laughs> uh so let, yeah, let me just yeah. g- give you like my experience. Um, mm. So I initially started with, uh, start, started my my app with SQL, and uh, so that was the first app. So uh, give you a little bit more context. Uh, the app that I'm currently working on has a like a predecessor, um, like that 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 was like like before the app. So th- those two apps are kind of similar. Um, mm. So but but in the previous app, um, I I used um, SQL first, and then yeah. that's when I that's when I like first started using fire or that's when i first started looking at firebase i was like whoa this thing is really cool because the reason for that is i i, I use firebase uh, authentication that worked really well right mm-hmm. and then I, I thought okay like um i want to tie my authentication you know data to, to my to my database i want to like tie that I'm like oh firebase uh fire cloud firestore is a really cool integration you know they have happened to be a good database i'm like okay cool so i so, so i transitioned using um, uh, Firestore. The the person I'm working with also, you know, thought that was cool. So we used Fire Firestore and we were happy with it. Um, until probably like, I would say like, a year in like one year into using Fire Firestore, and that's when we have huge diagrams of how our Firestore database is. Mm-hmm. And what Firestore doesn't tell you is what data is really supposed to look like. Like that's being described in your code, not not in Firestore itself. Whereas mm. th- in the SQL side, your SQL database your SQL databases tells you exactly where a da- database looks like because you 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 like give it you know the for the shapes and forms of what your data is supposed to look like. So so things start to get kind of messy and and what really like kind of stopped us from you know like kind of hindered us in production was that like we we started kind of like you know we started pivot our our app like we have some like things that we want to pivot like there's some, some functionalities that changed in the way that we have to we have to reformat the data and that's such a pain in the ass like in firebase i remember like we used to make like whatever like there's a business logic that grabs all the users posts in a specific way um and that's you know defined in in your app that happens all the time like with any app your your app would pivot um you you might have new functionalities and firebase is extraordinarily bad at dealing with that because Mm. you would have to like you have have to engineer your data structure to work with your application and when your application changes Mm. it like sometimes the changes would be really small, like you know, on 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 screen, but your data might have to change dramatically. Hmm. Um, that doesn't happen too much with SQL databases, but it happens a lot with with those NoSQL databases like Firebase or Firestore hmm. or MongoDB. Um, yeah. So that is dangerous. I definitely want to warn um, warn you against that. So now we right. migrated off of that. 
um, we're kind of running uh, short on time, but also, I also just want to uh, post a huge con in Firebase land is that Firebase also provides you a way uh, of like having your own backend code. So there's this thing called Firebase Cloud Functions. It is mm. kind of similar to what I mentioned for the the, the microservice arch- architecture. So yeah. it sort of, sort of like um, Firebase allows you to write some JavaScript functions that could be run uh, either triggered by a document change or a user could be calling that function. So it's sort of like a backend uh, because sometimes you don't really totally 100% tr- trust your clients to, to change your database, right? Mm. Um, so it does have that. But that has a like, tremendously <laughs> bad uh, code you know, code start time. So what code start is is that uh, when your uh, when your endpoint get doesn't get called uh, for too long, it will be you know resources mm-hmm. will be deallocated. Uh, and uh, when you want to like when the user wants to call that function, that function takes a long t- long time to run, and that's also kind of um, like not acceptable. So we eventually right. migrated off from Firebase and we we used our own backend. Uh, by our own backend. Right now we're on um, AWS Elastic Beanstalk. It's pretty much, um, pretty much, like traditional <laughs> load balanced data, uh, backend architecture. But yeah, that's that's my sort of journey of using backend stuff. That was amazing. I hope that's helpful. <laughs> no, that was for me. It was so helpful, and I'm sure anyone listening that's interested in this stuff, I'm sure what you just said. And you gave a really nice summary of the whole situation as well. And for your own personal solutions, like the journey that you went through, like, I think that was, that was very, very useful. So what would you say? Like, I think, I don't know, just going back to what you were saying about why people use Firebase and maybe, I don't Mm -hmm. know if it's because just Google made it and they're just marketing it kind of thing. Um, Mm -hmm. But yeah, when I was first getting into Flutter, it just seemed like that just kept popping up Firebase. And then maybe because there's so many tutorials on there and then it's like, um, it's like a network effect kind of thing. People just, you know, start gravitating towards that. But like, yeah, you answered a lot of questions that I had in my mind about it. Like a lot of, you know, doubts and is this really, you know, the right way to go sort of, sort of question. And so Mm. that's good. What if, if someone asks you like, like me, if I'm, trying to make an app that is kind of uh, not to the extent of complexity as Twitter, but similar vein where you've got users and, um, you know, people liking each other's, you know, tweets or whatever. Um, like, what would you what would you recommend for someone? Does it really depend on just your expertise level? Because you, you, you're, you're very experienced. And like, what would you say to someone who's just learning Flutter? Like, I guess there's no real correct solution. Like, how would you guide uh, me off, I, I would off Firebase? Yeah, yeah, I would recommend that if you want to make an app, uh, your purpose is not learning. Go with the technology you're familiar with, and that's good. If you want to learn, that's not, that's cool. You, you can learn. But um, let's say you are not familiar with either with you're not familiar with like neither of the technologies. You, you're not mm. familiar with you, you've never used uh, SQL nor have you ever used NoSQL. In this case, mm. I recommend Firebase. But in the mm. case that you have experience in both, I think you would probably have the same opinion as I, I would probably have, is that just go SQL. SQL okay. all the way. Um, okay. But yeah, if you ha- don't have any experience and you, you want to learn either, you want to start from either one, I, w- I would say actually, like, Firebase is a good place to start. <laughs> because it's right. be- just because how easy it is. 
you don't you don't mm. have to write back in code, and that kind of removes yeah. a lot of, you know, effort you probably need to learn. Yeah, no, that that's a that's a good answer. And but you're saying like in terms of like long term though. Um, yeah, long term. You know, yeah. Yeah, companies use SQL for a reason. Uh, right. But yeah. Yeah. No, that makes total sense. Um, like when I was making the games like Snake, and my game mm-hmm. was an offline game, right? And I want to just make it online, and I want people. I wanted people to like put their high scores in, so like we can see like a leaderboard. And so mm-hmm. just to do that. Um, yeah, I don't know how to write any backend code, so I used like the Firebase hosting and like those things, and I just it was just easy, very easy to set up very quickly. Um, but like again, I'm, I feel like I'm at the point where I need to go beyond that. Like I need to listen to mm-hmm. what you're saying. You know what I mean? Like to make an actual legit app, I need to, I need to learn this stuff. But yeah, you're you're a genius. You're a little genius. No. <laughs> like, actually, like did you did you would you did you learn this from? just your own experience or did you learn it from like a class you took like where did all this come from like all that knowledge yeah man stack overflow <laughs> but yeah. uh so no, like, more, genius, like, more like right? more like youtube videos and stuff like uh, we all have like this experience of like we we, we just want to make something we we don't like know what to do and then we end up going through like all the rabbit holes and then just end up oh okay now now i know <laughs> but wow that was right. a lot to go through yeah it's probably what those experiences that you go through and then you're running into a problem that makes you really understand the ins and outs of you know the pros and cons of each each database that's probably why you're such a genius um, <laughs> but yeah like thank, thanks so much you know any anyone listening just let us know about you know your whole backend experience and your experience with firebase and you know if you migrated away from it the whole the whole shebang i think david dropped some he dropped some gold nuggets in this like actually i mean i'm learning so much um, but yeah, it looks like we had a great hour. It's one hour and five-ish Yeah, that went, went by fast. I think, this, I think this might have been perhaps the most educational one in some respects, <laughs> right? <laughs> like, I think, I, think this, I think this is something that a lot of people can, can learn from. Um, but yeah, I think we have a lot oh, yes. of good things we mm-hmm. want to discuss next week. But um, yeah, what did you want to say? Oh yeah, sorry. I, I was going to say that like, uh, oh, yeah, me, and, uh, me and Mitch were talking about uh what if we uh made videos of uh mm. just like instead of one person yeah. programming like two people programming at the same time but like we could have like a series uh that that we like together we make an app or something like that uh, i thought that yeah. would be cool um and that would like, be sick yeah let me know what you guys think <laughs> like yeah. a potential programming. topic yeah, yeah something like that yeah like with and like me with as that, live share yeah mm-hmm. i was going to say even with the um like if we do that, it's like we could also do it the the normal way where like we record and put up on YouTube. But then, you know, mm-hmm. if we're feeling really vulnerable, we could just go live on YouTube and stuff yeah. like that. Like, <laughs> that yeah. We'll see. Cool. We'll see what happens. We'll see what yeah. happens. But um, yeah. that's a good that's idea. Good. I think. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, like just before we sign off, um, I just did. I, I know we're you know going over time, but. It's all good. No one. It's not a rule that we have to have one hour. It's a guideline. So, <laughs> I just want to say one last thing. Maybe we'll just talk for a few minutes. But um, mm-hmm. I just did want to talk to, about the Samsung Fold phones. I don't own mm. one, and I don't plan to own one anytime soon. But it's generation four or three now, and so like, the phones are getting much more you know better and more usable and cheaper. So it's more, uh, you know, realistic for people to buy. And I was just thinking mm-hmm. when I was watching the MKBHD video about those folds. 
It's like they have such different screen aspect ratios, and one of them folds out and it's like a square, and the uh-huh. other one's like it like folds out as very vertical cross aspect ratio. And oh yeah, um, I was thinking like, and it's an Android phone. I was like, dude, Flutter can't make anything for this. <laughs> oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah, I was like, just stuff like that. I was like, I'm just very happy to see. I, I every everything I see in tech now, I always relate it to Flutter. I'm like, oh, this is good for Flutter, bad for Flutter. Like, <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, that's the the new yeah. iOS 14 lock screen. Um, or sorry, iOS 16 new lock screen situation where their widgets sell on the lock screen. Yeah, it'll probably take some time for Flutter to adapt, but um, for for that uh, like lock screen widgets, hmm. uh, you might have to like dabble with some na- native code. Um, but um, I, I would say it wouldn't be that hard because in that case, it's only for one platform. It's not that hard mm. to like to like write yeah. some platform code for that and it connects to Flutter. Yeah, dude, that noti- that live notification thing on the new iOS because I was making mm. I make a habit tracker thing, right? And then like, oh, um, that like would you're gonna be cool. you're gonna you want to go for a run and then you you know hit play and it's gonna start recording the time and then obviously you turn your phone off mm-hmm. and like. I want to, it'll be so cool with a lot of notification that you see like, oh, you know, the, the progress bar, like, that would be cool. I don't know. That would be sick. So I'm, I'm probably going to have to dig into some native code to actually make that work or just not do it. I don't know. Um, <laughs> Let me know. How it goes. <laughs> um, yeah. Also, maybe next week I'll, I want to get your opinion on like just some phones, like, cause mm-hmm. we're about to get phone season now. Are you going to buy a new, I'm, not, I'm probably not going to. I'm probably not going to buy a new phone this year because I just bought one last year. Um, but I do have like sort of wish lists when it comes to iPhones and things like that. Mm. But, um, I'm I'm looking forward to yeah. the M2 Mac Mini. I, I'm probably going to buy a Mac Mini. A Mac Mini? Wait, is a Mac is a Mac Mini, Mini uh, is that a desktop? What is it? What is it? Uh, yeah, Mini? it's like a mini desktop. I've been wanting a Mac, Mac Mini so bad. But right. I'm just waiting for the M2 Mac Mini. Just I, I just want to have a CI machine just in my house. Just running ah. jobs yeah 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 Ooh. <laughs> that's that's cool that's cool and I, I don't want to use my own laptop as a ci machine it doesn't feel right but a mac right. mini as a ci machine ooh, yeah. feels good oh but yeah i think we'll just leave it at that that was a great conversation um yeah yeah i mean any, any anything else you want to say last before we sign off yeah, but like uh, in the down in the comments below, let me know what you what you guys think about just um, I guess like backend solutions. What's your mm. what's your go to? What's your pick? What's your preferences? Mm. But yeah, yeah, hundred percent. Let us know what you guys are using in your apps for your backend and how that going. So mm-hmm. yeah, that's cool. Outside of that, I think we had a great conversation, and we'll catch you guys next week. See us. Bye. Peace.